Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. Today's episode features my friend Chloe and we're gonna tackle and really just get into her experience and her journey. She I'm really excited to talk to her because this is something that she's been through personally and she's such a strong individual so I'm so excited to actually for you guys to actually hear hear her story like I know like people who from Marlborough who who are listening to this like you'll kind of know it vaguely but yeah I'm just a bit disheveled. Are you excited to go back anyway? Pardon? Are you excited to fly back? Yeah, but we shall see about the concentration mm-hmm. camp. Yeah. I'll be fine. Like, I think I'll be, like, I think people underestimate how prepared I am for this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because I, I think I, it's like, like yeah. I've stayed in the hospital for 10 days before and that stay, like, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. I couldn't walk and sleep, like, I needed help. Whereas now, yeah. like, I just, like, want the, like, the premises myself and I can, like, make TikToks, do dances. Nice. And then, like, the bed that they have, it's, like, really firm. It's not even a bed, it's, like, a mat. Um, Where but, is it anyway? Uh, so basically, um, at first, it was a flight to Hanoi, and then from there, I would have to, like, take in a bus, three hour long, to, like, you know where Halong Bay is? I've heard of it, but I don't know where it is. Yeah, like, 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 near there, like, was where the camp was meant to be, but okay. and then they changed the flight to um, Saigon, so, like, I'm literally in the same city as where I live, so that's yeah. so easy, and can, uh, that mm-hmm. means I don't need to, like, travel again after getting oh, out. That's not bad. And it means my mum can like sneak me in like do you, do you want to Oh yeah, true. <laughs> that's good. That's good, yeah. Cause do you have to be tested when as soon as you land or Yeah, no, literally they um you go through immigration and then mm-hmm. they take your women's passport and then you go right away. Cause like basically my mum bought like Lululemon stuff. Like I don't know what is wrong like going on with her or whatever but she suddenly got into like working out well not working out but like yoga and then so she bought mm-hmm. like um two two sports bras like full price and then like a really nice like workout long sleeve top yeah and so was, oh God, she's gonna like is she actually gonna work out um but so she was like oh like do you think it's okay if um you like drop off the stuff for me before you go and I can like take it home like if you do that you're gonna have to come into quarantine with me it doesn't work like that lady but, um, <laughs> I love your mom she's just like can you give me my stuff first before you go <laughs> into lockdown I told my mom because I have like a specific kind of shampoo do you know Avida? yeah yeah you've been using that like, for ages Chloe you've been using that since more bro like, I, um, every time I change 
every time I finish like a bottle of shampoo, just like it takes about a year because it's huge. It's like a liter. Yeah. And I don't wash my hair like every day. I wash it like every couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. Every time I finish my bottle, I change the type of Vita shampoo. Like right. they always release ones. And so I started off with just like rosemary mint. That's like just normal for normal hair. And then I went mm-hmm. to the one where for like people with thick curly hair. Yeah. And now I'm on the one where it's, it's called cherry almond. It's so nice. Um, <laughs> it like, yeah. So um, if you buy it in like, you can't buy it in Vietnam, you have to ship it. So my mom was like, oh, do you think you can bring me another bottle, you know, for like everyone to use? And I was like, no, like I don't have space. <laughs> But I have one suitcase, Mum. I don't have space to fit in. <laughs> so yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hot in the right now? Um, it's not that bad. It 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 was hot like earlier on in quarantine, but now it's died down a little bit. Is it just going back? Oh wait, no, you're quarantining in your house. Yeah. Mhm. Oh, lucky. Um, no, it just is staying in England, I think. Oh, really? It's his parents, it's, his parents don't want him to go back. It's still locked down, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to get so much better soon. Because I, mm-hmm. like, I remember Malaysia was hit quite hard initially, but I think they're handling it quite well. But, um, because his parents have a house in Kuching, mm-hmm. and um, they only have, like, a small apartment in KL because they go for work. Yeah. But so it's a shoebox apartment, like it's really small. And so oh, yeah. um, it doesn't really make sense for him to come back because he'll be stuck at home anyways. Whereas mm-hmm. here he's got like a three floor house and like only one other guy is here. So it's very, it's like yeah. no, one, no one around. That's yeah. nice and it's happy just going to the shops, cooking. <laughs> There's a whistle that makes him <laughs> It's a dog whistle. Oh, oh God, this delivery. <laughs> I was like wondering if I could get a dog, but I doubt it. I doubt I can manage one right now. Huh? I doubt I could manage getting a dog right now. <laughs> so how's Whistler? I remember Whistler. Oh my God, he has got he's got arthritis. <laughs> oh, what the? How old is it? 35. Wait, how, how old are the cat years? I mean, the human years? Seven. What? Already? Mm-hmm. But like, I feel bad, like, but he's not really used to, like, strangers, so, like, he will get, like, really aggressive with the doctors and stuff. But, you know, like, that's expected. But, yeah. So, let's just talk about, like, how... So you try to go back home, yeah. They're building a quarantine, and you, all of your flights got cancelled. What happened? Like, talk me through everything that happened that day. So I didn't think that I would be going back so soon because I think if you wanted to go back, you had to go back um, like February and early March because that's when there were loads of flights, and that's when. Um, the airline that I fly with, Vietnam Airlines, they do direct flights, so I, I always fly with them. And so they were releasing quite a lot of flights to bring back Vietnamese citizens. Um, but my mom suddenly decided like one day, she's like, oh my gosh, 
it's getting really bad in London. I don't want Lily to be there by herself, you know, and like, because like she knew that all my friends had basically left, you know, for, because it was um, East, uh, Easter holidays anyways, so people were going home anyways. Um, or like people were like, oh, you know, it's getting pretty bad in London, like I'm gonna go back home. And so I was basically alone in my flat with like um, my friend, but she goes out quite a lot. So um, it's a bit concerning when she like comes into the kitchen and she's like, doesn't care that she's gone out. And, and I'm just like, oh no, like I'm gonna get something from her. Literally another friend of mine, another flatmate of mine left. She told her to her face that I left because of you, because I don't trust you. I don't trust where you've been. But I totally understand because that friend, her sister has to do chemotherapy because she's got an immune disorder. And so if, you know, she ever brought back anything, um, it, it could kill her sister. So, you know, it was quite serious for her. Um, mm. But so I didn't really want to stay in my flat because it just was going to quarantine with me um, because he saw that I was so sad by myself. Um, so he did come up. And then all of a sudden my mom decides to... Um, booked me a flight last minute. Um, and then, so it just had packed for about four months and it was like four days with me and then he had to go home. Um, so that was really, really sad because I didn't know, it was like so much uncertainty because I wouldn't know when I could see him again. Mm -hmm. It's different when you're going back to summer and you know that you're gonna see them in three months. But with this, yeah. Uh, uni's being pushed back and like Exeter Uni is going to go online until January like lectures and everything is going to be online um, I, I don't think many people will be going back to uni until quite late because everything's going to be online no one's going to want to bother and mm -hmm. so um, so I got to the airport and um, it was like so you know like when you get to the um, check-in line there's like sometimes you have to go through quite a few lines, like mm -hmm. line up and then there's usually like these uh, machines where you can print out e-tickets and there's like stewardesses and they're like guiding you around. And so like um, I scanned my passport and everything and then um, it didn't work and I had to go to the desk to check in instead and I had to queue again. And when I got there, they're like, oh, like um, your ticket isn't valid or something i'm like why and they're like oh we canceled the booking or something i'm like what are you joking like i need to fly in like three hours and it was so good that i went to the airport like four hours in advance um mm -hmm. because they're like oh you need to like go to terminal two or like another terminal um to go to the desk and ask for help like you might need to buy another ticket i'm like why and it was because um my mom had bought the ticket for me, so the name on her credit card and my ticket was different. So they thought it was a scam. And I'm like, no, like, I'm a student. My mom buys my tickets for me. Like, what, like what's the problem? And it was because um, normally if you fly like with a certain airline, they wouldn't have this kind of problem, but it was because there were no more Vietnam airline um, flights because they'd stopped at like yeah. the last day before. And so I had to fly with British Airways and it was like two transits, oh, annoying. Um, so I ran, I literally ran with my suitcase to the other terminal uh -huh. using the online train yeah. mechanism. And I got to the desk, I had to queue because there were like other people having issues. So I got up there and the lady was like, oh, um, it was because, you know, like it was different credit card name to the same, and I'm like, no, but I have proofs and I showed her proof. 
um, with like the booking, the receipt and everything. And so she was like, okay, it's fine. And then she printed me out like um, that I saw her and she's like, please, you know, let her in, whatever. And so I had to queue up again, explain to the lady I had just, you know, gone to Terminal 2, please let me in. Like, I need to go to check in, go to check in. And they're like, oh, like, I don't know why um, this happened or who told you or like why the, you know, it's, it's on the flight, like info that there's a flight today, there isn't. And I'm like, what? You can't just tell me there's no flight and I bought the ticket. And they were saying how like there wasn't like, because um, I had to transit in Doha. And it, apparently if you weren't a UAE, um, if you didn't live in the UAE or anything, you couldn't transit even if it was for less than two hours. You're not allowed to enter. Yeah, and I'm like, why didn't you tell me this before I ran all the way with my luggage? You're stupid. And like, they're like, oh, go back to the flight, um, the desk, which is like opposite, thank God. Yeah. And queue again, because there are other people in other airlines that were queuing for um, no flight help. And so I got there and they had, by the time I got to the lady again, they had changed the rules that I couldn't fly. So if I got there before they changed the rules, like they like literally like changed their like um, contact or whatever, um, I would have been able to fly. It was oh so so many people were telling me different things, and when I got to the desk, like I understand that they were discussing amongst each other, but they were talking in Arabic and they weren't telling me anything, and so I was got I got a bit like stressed out and a bit um, angry because they weren't telling me anything and they were just discussing amongst themselves about me and I was like excuse me like shouldn't you be like telling me like what's happening or anything mm -hmm. and like only a while after they did and then so I went because my mom knows that you can fly um from uh Paris to um Saigon and so uh, we're like okay you know how about that um and uh so we bought a ticket from the the, the desk my mom like um, there was like even trouble with technical issues, so she actually ended up buying two tickets. <laughs> so like literally, she spent so much money just like buying tickets for me that like yeah. didn't. So I went back the next day. I stayed in the um, airport hotel. Mm -hmm. Went back the next day. I like went early, and I still had to queue for like an hour, and I was one of the last people um, in the line, and I came like thirty minutes early. People oh my God. just it was crazy. Yeah. And they're like they're like, oh, it's canceled. And I was like, I'm so dumb. I don't want to take another flight and buy another ticket. It's like, oh, you could fly by in Moscow. I'm like, I don't want to get stuck in Russia. Like, bye. And then so I went back. And then because basically I, I I hadn't slept in over 24 hours because usually before a flight I get so nervous I'm not gonna wake up. So I just stay up all night. Um, and then so I went back. I slept for a day. And then my dad was like, oh, we can, um, we can, you know, contact our friends and we can go stay with someone. And mm -hmm. so he contacted one of his old friends that used to live in um, Hanoi with him in Vietnam. And so I've been staying here for like um, 10 weeks. <laughs> um, but it was like, literally, like we just needed to wait for a flight. I replied to um, <laughs> say something. <laughs> oh my God, yay. <laughs> a good person. I know. That came with what you wanted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I got that. 
Um, and yeah, so you apply via the embassy and then you fill in a form like why you want to come back. Like, are you in a difficult situation? Because they, they were only looking for people that were in um, tight situations. So I managed, like, they sent me an email being like, oh, for the current situation, for the current time, we don't have um, a flight or any news from Vietnam that there, there will be a flight. And so they sent me an email, I think a week ago, like, usually I just constantly refresh every day, all day. Yeah. And then, um, because I did that, you know, I'm quite on it if there is an email. And so um, they sent me an email on like May 23rd or something. And they're like, oh, there's a flight on uh, June 3rd. Um, please, can, like, please send us an email, like confirming yes, if you want to take the flight. And then you also had to fill in like an additional form for like flying on that day. Um, but like, I'm so glad because they're so helpful. Like there's so many things that, um, that kind of like um, when I had surgery, I used another name, not my Vietnamese name that's on my passport. So I, an, an unofficial Vietnamese name. Because my Vietnamese name, which is Oka, is kind of like, it's uncommon. And no yeah. one uses it. And so like another name that I get called at home sometimes is Runga, which is like easier to say. Um, and it's still not common, but um, you know, like they just call me Ka, like the short version in hospital. Like, I don't know why my mom decided that like we shouldn't use your normal name. I'm like, okay. Um, but like, because of that, so like we're obviously just sending like documents to prove and to like um, help my case for them to accept me into this priority group to fly home. And so we had to send them like the certificate that I had surgery um, with my uh, other Viet name and then um, the, uh, my discharge papers, which also have my other Viet name. And then I had to send my ID card and be like, this is what I used. Um, you know my ident my identification to like have surgery and then i had to explain that like oh for um uh, i don't know what purposes i use this name instead um and then we're like oh these are my doctors da, 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 da. if you need anything like contact them they'll say it to me and i was like literally like if they don't reply if they think you're like faking it and you don't like you never had surgery ask them if they want a zoom call you can show them your scar and i'm like oh my god i might have to do that because I was so scared they wouldn't. Like, yeah. They're just faking it. Like, you know, that like she's just mm -hmm. one. Um, and I also pretended that um, my mom was like, okay, you're going to say that you had surgery last year, not three years ago. Because last year sounds like a more serious case, you know? You need to go back to a physio and doctor appointments. So this is literally what I wrote. Like, I, I literally was like, like, oh, so polite. Oh, um, dear, yes, yes, regards. Literally, like... Like, I feel like my Vietnamese has gone like so much better in the past week than oh, really? I had to like write like emails and stuff like in because uh, the way they communicate is all in Vietnamese. Oh my god. You know? Like, yeah. I had to send my British passport because everyone else is I think full Vietnamese. Like they have B um, BRPs or like other forms of visa to study in the UK. <laughs> and and those are me that have a British passport. But um, if I, like, I do have family in the UK, but my uncle and aunt that have, like, two kids, um, they all had the virus. Oh, my God. How? 
um, I think she picked it up because she works. She's like a manager of this chain of restaurants. Yeah. Um, she like um, she drives all over the country to you know manage all the restaurants, and so I think she got it from work, and so uh -huh. she had it. I think everyone got it, but mild. And so my, and then my grandparents, they're both um, like 76 and 87. So they're mm -hmm. old. And even though they're very healthy, um, it's like not safe. And plus, if yeah. anything, we would never forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. So they're just, you know, like they're, they're shut indoors for four months. So, um, so like literally I didn't, it wasn't safe for me to go up there to stay with the mm -hmm. family that had the virus because you wouldn't like you don't actually know if you can get it back you know like because there's so many different strains my mom was so stressed out and she's like oh my god where are you gonna go but um um so i'm thinking like yeah. waiting for it well luckily like you've got a flight tomorrow because like that's like the most important thing so yeah. like at least like you get to go home if you know what i mean yeah yeah well finally because like i know like it's been like stressful for you no. Well, usually I'm quite carefree because I don't want to stress out because then I'll just get, I don't know, I just don't like it. Yeah. Um, the day my mom told me that I was going to fly because she called me in the morning, um, like late at night and then I was up in the morning talking to her and just thinking about going on the flight, I got so nervous, I threw up. Oh I was, like, I was feeling it and I was like, no, no, no. I'm fine, keeping it down. Yeah. Sitting um, in the kitchen with my other friend, and I was just like talking. And I was like, the last time I'll see you in like six months. I was sitting, and I was like, okay, I'm fine. No. And like, I could, I, like, even though I wasn't thinking about it, it was still like that feeling that you really needed to puke. And then, so I'll, I'll, like, after five minutes, I was like, no. And then I had to go through it because I was just saying, no. Like, like, obviously, I think there's like a big cultural difference between. Asia and Europe and America. Yeah. Um, I feel like people in Europe, like in like England, for example, they don't really care about their health. And I'm not saying that they're reckless. I'm saying that yeah. they would have like a stomach ache or a cold or, you know, a lump or just like anything. They would be like, oh, it's fine, you know? Whereas in Asia, literally, if you, if you notice like a spot that looks just a little bit weird you go to the doctor you make sure it's nothing you know like mm -hmm. it's so that is so normal in in culture like you always need to make sure that you're healthy and happy and everything and so um literally like my mom told me a story she's like yeah this one time i was in um i was in england and my grandparents live in like nottingham but like on the outside so like the countryside and she mm -hmm. had like really bad stomach pain she didn't know what it was like she couldn't eat anything she like was lying on the ground like rolling so so painful and then she's like oh can't like can you book me an appointment be like oh there's no appointments there's no doctors open she's like what like how am i gonna know what's going on and so mm -hmm. she went back she went to the doctor and like oh it's just gastric problems like like you know gastric pain like which is mm -hmm. like you just take a nexium pill and it goes away but yeah. because she didn't and she did, couldn't go to the doctor to check what it was, make sure it, it wasn't like her kidney ruptured or something. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she found out, she's like, you know, people just don't really care about it that much. Like, yeah. my grandma had like um, 
a heart attack and I like a while ago but he's on meds now so he's fine but he um I think it was like coming and I think like if he went to the doctor earlier he, he wouldn't have had the heart attack but like I think he like people just like brush it off because it's just normal yeah. for them um but literally like my mom was like okay you need to buy loads of masks you need gloves you need the visor thing you know like the, the, the face shield if you if you can you need to get the suit you need to get the things for your feet you know did you get everything no um i only have masks and she's like if you can't find the face shield thing because it's quite bulky and i don't have that much space buy some sunglasses so i bought some sunglasses <laughs> yes they're really nice yes. like she's like oh, just buy some from urban outfitters like 15 pounds or something these were 10 what a steal um I love that yeah and then so she's like so we're so at the airport at check-in you're gonna wear two masks double layer it's gonna be six layers of protection and then wear your sunglasses on you're gonna be protected okay don't touch anything don't touch your face okay and like um on the plane so like um i have like cousins and aunt and aunt and uncle that live really close in my house and everywhere so we see um, them quite often. So like my parents literally went over and had a meeting with them. They were discussing like how I was going to get back, what was the protocol, everything. Like it is so serious that I got so stressed out because I'm not used to that. Yeah. They were literally like, oh my God, she can't go to the toilet. You know, it's bacteria, germs. She's going to get the virus from there. Because everyone's like touching taps and the, yeah. you know, and everything. She cannot go there. And I was like, yeah, but she doesn't eat anything. She won't need to go. Um, but they're like, no, no, no. Ask her to wear a diaper. That's the best thing. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> so, like, they're, they're so Imagine if you pee yourself on the plane. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's all right. Got it covered. <laughs> well, I had to do that when I was in, in, um, in, uh, oh, when I had, like, initially. Like, I, like, I don't know. I just felt bad. Like when people were in the room, like e- e- even when I had a cath, like a catheter, it wouldn't just drain your bladder. You would have to like push your muscles for you to go. And so I know TMI, but um, TMI. Which, yeah. in the room, I'd be like, I have to pee. I'm, I'm going to pee now. Okay. I just felt bad because like usually you would go in somewhere private yeah. to do that. Yeah. And, like strapped to my bag. I'm like, um, I'm gonna. Is that okay? Is that okay? Much like, yeah, just yeah. do it. It's a big deal. But um, it's just really funny because uh, they, you know, they obviously make it such a big deal. And I was telling Mark and Sarah, which is like who I'm staying with, and they were like, they like just didn't understand why like my parents, like my mom especially, is so like fussed about it. Um, and it's just because that's just how they are. Like they. They like they show their love and affection for you by making sure um, you're safe. You know, you're okay. like, you know what to do with everything. Literally, like if they're like telling me off about something, it's it's because they're worried about me and they care about me. I obviously get that, but it's stressful, especially in this time. But because yeah. I'm like, relaxed, no bad, you know, everything is good. You know, like I don't want to be stressed out all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, I have a pretty good outlook on the quarantine camp because, um, yeah, I've been in the hospital 10 days, been there, done that. Nothing will be worse than that. Nothing. So I can do anything, basically. Um, yeah. 
literally my because my mom is so like health sensitive and everything everything has to be correct and yeah she's i think she's ocd as well and a bit bipolar um but who who isn't if you're asian right True. But that's like the mom is like super clean and like you had to do this 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 way this way this way right yeah mm-hmm. I think every- yeah but um she was like uh okay like um so I so I was here and she was like okay she she kept pestering me about buying gloves and buying masks and I, initially I didn't buy them because I like I knew I would have to eventually but I just didn't know which ones I should buy because there's so many yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not just oh my god, it's so stressful. But I like I have everything now. It's good. I I even bought those um clip things where you um you like hook on hook it on on the back of your head so yeah. you don't need to um making sure it's behind your ear. Oh, nice. Yeah, you need those. I had a time for like four times, which is good. That's oh, nice. Silly. Yeah. I feel like everything is like becoming like a little bit more affordable during this time. But like yeah. obviously, like businesses are definitely suffering. The fifty pounds, Christ, no, just wash your hands. It's normal. Um, but yeah, yeah. And so in quarantine, they'll have those like um, wooden, like you know, like the I don't know how to say it, but tatami mats. Is is that what it's called? Like they're like straw, and you like lie on it, and then like that's like, right. Kind of, like, no, I get what you're trying to say, but like yeah, you kind of like that's that's one uh-huh. thing because obviously it's not sanitary for them to keep you know yeah having, like what and mm-hmm. then um if your family wants to supply for you they can like supply you usually like a, a thin mattress um like some sheets um, towel and a fan um yeah it's so I'm gonna, die. I'm gonna be constantly moist like constantly sweating let's okay. not use that one <laughs> <laughs> oh god no, you just tell so me how it goes like I know you're gonna like text me and stuff during the time but like mm-hmm. I think what we have in common like obviously like it wasn't for the same thing but like we yeah. both were in hospital for like yeah hospital more than like, like no thing. it's not <laughs> I feel like it's a really like Thing, you know, like strenuous experience that unless you actually go through it you don't understand the pain matter what you go into hospital for like it's still you know like not a nice experience because it like no. that with death pain suffering illness yes. disease not good literally mm-hmm. like i have fears of going back to that hospital because mm, been there for 10 days you know it's not nice you know um so i kept hearing um, the lift, you know how like when it uh, reaches the floor, it it like chimes a certain tune or whatever, dun, dun, or something. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Song. My Radiohead, no surprises. No. No. Okay. Anyways, if you listen to it at the beginning, they have that chime, which is the exact same tune as the lift. Oh, and now they actually? That because if I hear that, I'll get like panicked because PTSD. that's the only thing I heard for ten days. Yeah, I think like the experience was just a bit strenuous because obviously you were you went in for your back surgery. Like Chloe had sco- had scoliosis, so she had to put staples on her back to make sure that her back was a little bit straighter and then like just to help her posture. And then I was yeah. in there because I had Corona. Everybody like 
tested positive. Yeah. But yeah. Rules like obviously um, they're still finding a cure. So there's only so much they can do for you. You know, like they can obviously give you antibiotics, they can give you fluids, you know, they can help with like they can like um what do they call it? Like um like they can just care for you, like assisted caring or something. I'm not sure what it's called. Um, but uh they can't do so much for you, you know. Whereas for me, like I had the surgery with like the the um my surgeons that operate on me, they were professional. Yeah. And so, you know, that was that and so it was like a set recovery time and then there was like a set treatment that you knew that was thought out by like people who knew what they were doing so like obviously for coronavirus like especially for the patients like they don't know they don't necessarily know how to do it like i think i mentioned this in a couple of in an episode i'm not sure but um yeah when i got tested i had to get tested every morning and every night but then i also had to get my blood taken out of my vein but that was a little bit bad because like they didn't really know where the vein was so for six days that wasn't the best experience because like obviously like these new um doctors were like just like nurses that yeah practice yeah and like obviously like the way that they learn is they practice on people and that's how they learn because you have to do it yourself Mm -hmm. you're never gonna know how to do it yeah Um, because not all the time will the vein be exactly where you learned it in the textbook yeah you were telling me you were telling me something about your hand yeah like when i had surgery so i think they started off on my left hand so i was like Mm -hmm. on the bed everything like they were prepping me for surgery it was the scariest thing ever and um so they have to put in a cannula and it's much bigger because um i would be our general anesthetic so i would be asleep the whole time and so um this cannula was different because it's much thicker and it's kind of um like it goes in like diagonally and it's ugh, it's it, it was huge it was like cylindrical and i was like how is that gonna fit in my arm like my my arm is tiny but so they messed up on this arm and my whole arm was bruised. It was even like three, four days after the surgery. And it was just because they could, like, couldn't find the correct vein. I think it was like lodged between my bone or something. I don't know. But so they had to use um, the right arm. And the, the same problem. They were like just, you know, like poking around. And I was like, how it hurts, you know, like just, you know, find it. And I started crying because I was stressed out because I was like, this hurts. Like people are pitting me trying to find a vein, like just get it in and get it over with. And so they tie that thing around like your like thing to make sure like it was tight. Yeah. And then so um, they eventually found it and it was, um, it was right kind of like right where, like down here. So it was all the way the other side. And then they were like, okay, at bone. I was like, oh, that's definitely bone. That's hard, you know, like, please just get it. And, and they thought I was crying because I was scared. Obviously, I was scared, but like, I was crying because it was painful because they couldn't. Like, yeah, I mean, oh, it's, in, it's needles, you know? Well, like, why don't you understand? And then I don't know why, but they kept asking me, um, do you have a boyfriend, like small talk? I'm like, just fucking get a needle in. I just want to go to sleep. 
but um, that was so fun. <laughs> the yeah, they usually me. test you in the mornings and then test you in the evenings. Like they do it, they do like all the bad tests and like all the necessary things early on so that they could like get the results as soon as possible. But like, oh my God, I was literally crying as well. And like this nurse was like, oh, she's crying because she's like, she doesn't, she's very like scared. Well, she's like we isn't like she's not brave i'm like i'm not it just hurts like everyone it hurts hurts. like hell like seriously yeah um yeah and then yeah it was lovely i i do remember when i was a kid maybe eight or nine i had h1n1 um swine flu i got it from the plane and it was when that was a huge thing so i do i remember that yeah we um they were hugely impacted by H1N1 and um, SARS. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why they are now so good at um, making sure they have the proper protocol and procedures against COVID-19. No one yeah. has died in Vietnam. And we have, what is that, 90, 91 million people or something? So many people live in Vietnam and no one has died. That's insane. Isn't that so it's insane? don't believe that but it's because the government and the healthcare system they um that you like lockdown immediately like lockdown was implicated right after um chinese new year so early february so everyone was in lockdown that early and that was how they managed to um stop the spread and if if they you know caught anyone with it they would like literally if if you were going from a flight from it, like internationally, they would track mm-hmm. you down. The police yeah. would go to your house. They would say, you need to come with us to the hospital. We will escort you there to get tested. If you test negative, we will bring you back home. You can leave. Yeah. But if you test positive, you have to be isolated, obviously. And then mm-hmm. they made it. They made it so um, all international flights or any flight going into any city, you would have to be quarantined. So they still have that, which is really good. That that's how they you know make sure. Um, they um, they are accountable for everyone. Yeah, that's really smart because they've done a great job. Like, um, but you go into quarantine, everything is free. You don't need to pay for anything. They mm-hmm. they bring three meals a day, fresh. So everything is made fresh, and nothing is yeah. like canned or anything. It's all cooked fresh, and it's free, and it's actually pretty good. Apparently, my um, friends say this like really good food actually. Um, and so if someone gets it in your cohort, you have to stay another week, which is kind of sucky, but you have to, because you might be at risk, you know? And, yeah. and then if you you'll be at risk to other people, so. It's, it's what you have to do really to like, make sure everyone's safe, which yeah. I get like this, like whole like pandemic has definitely like pressed a lot of people and like put a lot of pressure on some people. Like, yeah. I know, like it's really sad especially like if you're in a relationship and like you miss your friends like me and chloe like definitely like miss her boyfriends like a lot <laughs> and yeah. our family and our friends but like at the end of the day like it's so hard because like this situation is we it's the fear of like unknowing what's happened gonna happen next because like we don't know whether we're gonna start uni soon like it's very like up in the air so yeah yeah uni so it's been online for about two three months so that's been quite strange because you know like if you want to make something you would go into the studio the studio and you would have space to make your stuff and you would 
materials and your paint, whatever you use to make your work there. And yeah. so like for a lot of my friends, they've like left all their paints, all their canvases, everything in the studio, in their lockers. And so they don't have any materials. And actually one of my friends, she left her laptop in her room yeah. in her in London. And mm-hmm. because she couldn't come back to get it because it was locked down and she needed a laptop to, um, you know, like, because we uh, would um, contact our tutors and then we would have like, um, you know, seminars, whatever, on Microsoft Teams. So mm-hmm. she couldn't do that from her phone all the time. So she had to buy another computer. Oh my God. Yeah. And, it, and it's expensive, you know, like she had to pay that with her, her like own money. And, you know, she, yeah. she's have to pay off uni loans in the future yeah I think that what's really hard especially right now is that like we have to still pay rent for our places at uni and that's so shitty because I think like do they not understand what's going on in the world right now like I completely understand like that like we all need to like pay especially with the landlords but like they need like vacation vacational pay but like my god like we're all suffering right now like we all are very tight on our money yeah so like I think it's such a it's a very hard situation because people like I think because obviously landlords they have power and they obviously like have that control Mm -hmm. but it's so hard because it's like with what's going on like I know our parents are still working and everything but they're working for the money so that they can help support their family and like get food and, and just like everything so that we're all safe but we're like yeah, so a lot of people that um you know work freelance like um i don't know make, uh, like i don't know like a lot of people around here that are like gardeners or they like mm-hmm. they, they like come build or you know do yeah. like jobs like cleaners and stuff like that they like don't work a part of a company they're like their own company and they um, they advertise themselves, they promote themselves, you know, like, they're, mm-hmm. they're going to have to work for months, and that's not fair on them, but, like, the the environment, you know, doesn't allow them to work, so they're getting no yeah. income, so, um, yeah, so, like, um, Mark and Sarah, they have cleaners that come, uh, I think, once every two weeks, and um, they were just saying how, like, you know, they've been out of work for weeks and weeks, because, no one you know like obviously no one wants them in their house because you know lockdown and also mm-hmm. you know you're not allowed people to come over and clean and stuff like that you know like so so many different people yeah. are just work like businesses you know they need to pay um they like they need to pay for uh, like if they're like a factory or something they, they need to pay for that they need to pay the workers they need to pay other fees tax whatever and like if they're not earning any money they're gonna go out of business yeah just because like that that can be in like a week a month a couple of months but you know they're gonna go bankrupt and it's not even their fault like they they didn't actually do anything wrong it's just you know everything that's happening yeah i think it's like really hard because like we're all trying to find some sort of like normalcy in our lives but obviously like it's kind of impossible right now but I think with everyone like obviously there's those small businesses online that everyone's like trying to support 
in order to keep them open. Like I know like skincare brands and like facialists, hair people, nails, painters, like these people like who have created a business for themselves, like even counselors, just like so that they can, I guess, do something that they're really interested in doing for the rest of their lives. Also, all of my episodes are recorded in my walk-in closet because it's the best soundproof area I can find in my house. <laughs> Was the bathroom not good enough? No, you can literally hear like the background noise. Um, I remember your walk-in closet. It's like so big you can sleep there. Yeah, I feel like it's quite a good area, which I might like try and bring in like soundproof flooring, I guess. Like this, the um, the foam that you put on the wall, apparently that's that's very affordable. You can just buy that on Amazon. You can bring it, um, you know, to get it sent to your house. Yeah, I might do that. Actually, <laughs> recording studio for nothing. Mm. Yeah, like, obviously true. you need to get the equipment if you don't already have that. But other than that, everything else you need to get is very affordable. Very true. So this might not be a closet anymore. Maybe might not be yeah so do you want to like go through like what like what happened with your surgery and like when did you decide to get everything yeah okay so basically let's go all the way back um so I always knew that there was something not quite right with me like obviously you know you're young maybe like 13 14 you obviously you know this this happens to everyone you go through like um self uh, like body image issues you're self-conscious about everything um but you know that's quite normal but like I felt like with me there was something not quite right but I didn't want to believe that because I didn't want it to come true and I like deep down I knew there was something very wrong but I didn't want to I like I, I didn't want it to be real so I just kind of brushed it off and so I would always get comments from my mom like I feel like Asian moms they're so mean sometimes but like but that's just how they are like obviously they care about you and that's just like my mom would always be sit up straighter like your back is curved like sit like sit up straighter like you look ugly like that and I'm like okay and so um uh so she was you know always complaining about my posture and now I realized that it wasn't even my fault my back was just like that like that like that was just how my spine was curved and so, you know, I, I, I always thought that like, you know, like, oh, why am I such a teenager? Like, why am I always slouching and like that? But it was all because of my back. Um, so I think in January 2016, my mom, I was wearing like a swimming costume and my mom was in my room and she was like, oh my God, like, why does one of your, is it called like shoulder blades, like the backbone, why does one of them stick out so much more than the other? And I was sitting standing straight. I wasn't like bending over a certain way or anything. And, and so she's like, oh my God, we need to get this checked, you know? And then so we flew out to Hanoi because she researched and she's actually really good at finding anything. If you need her to find you um, the cheapest and best deal for an airline ticket or any research, she'll be on it. Like she's so good at that. I but so we, we flew out and we went to um, this hospital. Um, it translates from Vietnamese to the Vietnamese German hospital in Hanoi. And that hospital mm-hmm. is a 
Bay Hospital, so it's a government-owned hospital. So yeah. um, all the surgeons there are the best in the country. If you were to go mm-hmm. to a private hospital, obviously you would have really good care by the nurses. You know, you would have like your own room, you know, comfortable, but you wouldn't be cared for by the best doctors. Yeah, and you would pay more money, but this one is the best hospital because that's where all the good surgeons are they're employed by the government and um basically so we went and they have a special spine unit so they have a building separate from the other parts of the hospital that deal with you know normal things broken bones disease stuff like that um like an own building um just for the spine so like each floor would be different things like um there's, I remember there was a floor for blood, so they, they had a blood bank, and then they like other floors for like different things. Um, and so six, the sixth floor was where, you know, they do consultations. And so I went, and then I had the x-ray, and then um, I put on that gown, take off all my clothes, put on that gown, not awkward at, at all. Um, so got the results from that, went to the consultation, you know, when they take you into the room with the, um, the light box and they put up your x-ray, literally they put it up and oh my God, my spine was so curved. I was like petrified because I was like, oh my God, like that is definitely not normal. And they were Mm -hmm. explaining, they were saying how with this, you know, this is quite a bad case, um, Usually, uh, you would find out much earlier when you're maybe 13, 14, but I was already 16. And so, um, it like it had progressed and it had worsened over the years quite rapidly. And mm-hmm. obviously, unless you, you do like certain type of exercises all the time, like every single day, and you make sure you do loads and loads of sport and stuff like that. But obviously, I couldn't because I was at Marlborough. And, you know, we had to study for GCSEs. We had to, you know... I was already in um, U12 then, so IB, you know, it was so intense. Um, and so they were discussing, and, like, I just remember um, my mind, like, you know when you're, like, so scared and petrified that you don't, you, you cannot hear what they're talking about? Like, there's, like, a ringing in your ear. Like, I had that. It was so scary because they were talking about, oh, with this case, if it's over 45 degrees, we have to operate because if it worsens um, her her vertebrae and her and and the curves can um put mm-hmm. pressure on her organs and she could go into yeah. organ because um i did go to the doctor at mulberry like to the one in horizon hills did, did you ever go to that lady yeah no yeah you did yeah so she um she was testing if i had asthma because i had trouble breathing but she tested and my oxygen level was normal and i was like what's going on like I've been taking my inhaler puff, you know, whenever I feel like this, but it hasn't helped at all. And I feel like so out of breath and, um, you know, I, I like can't breathe in all the way. Like I can't take a full breath without like coughing because like, mm-hmm. it's like I'm choking. And so she's like, Oh, I don't really understand why. And she tested my breathing strength and it was so weak. I could barely like push the thing. Um, and I was like, Oh, well maybe I've, I'm just like, you know, I'm just like this. Maybe it's just me. And so it like all made sense in that consultation room. It was because, um, what was it? So my, my spine was a backwards S. Um, so it was, uh, uh, 54 and 45. 
And at 45 degrees, you have to operate because it's, it's, it's too curved and it will only keep getting worse because if it's mm-hmm. really bad and you don't do anything about it, it will get worse. It doesn't matter yeah. if you sit it will get worse. And so they're like, yeah, we have to operate. Um, and then it had already been pressing on to my um, right lung. And that was why I couldn't breathe. And, but, that, but like, it, like, you know, like your, your oxygen level is normal. Yeah. It was, it was pressing on to it that I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to breathe on one side. I'm like, why? Like, what, like what's going on? It, 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 it didn't dawn on me that that, that was why. And I had all sorts of issues. Like I, I, I already had flat feet, which is bad because then you get like aching yeah, feet. And, um, I also had like this thing in my knee where my kneecap wobbles and it hurts. And I get like really sore, like on my left knee. And Wait, it's because- I remember you were talking about this in like year 10 or something and your knee kept clicking and you were like showing it to me. And I was like, that like, I, I don't even know how to like respond to that. Cause it was just like, because we hadn't like, yeah, we hadn't figured out like what was going on. So like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and so that's all like everything has to do with your spine. So health, how your body is. Like if if you run and your feet kind of dip inwards, like everything has to do with your back and your spine. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in Vietnamese, um, spine is called cordsa, which literally translates to cord of life, and it is, you know, like. If you have any sort of injury that affects the spine, it's going to affect yeah. the entire body. Um, so they were like, okay, we, we need to book you in for a surgery because we cannot let this get any worse. And my mom was like, okay, you know, like if, you know, if, it, if it's the only way where, you know, you can be happy and healthy, then we, we, we really like, we should do it. And I wanted to obviously, because I, I didn't want to feel like this anymore. I, I didn't want to feel like my body was broken. Yeah. And so, like this was literally when I like first started dating Idris. So like literally, like I feel so bad. Like I don't know why he stayed with me because I would call him every night and just cry because I wouldn't know how to deal with my feelings, like mm-hmm. deal deal with my um, you know like my fear that I'm gonna have yeah. surgery and I might die. Because mm-hmm. before, so we went. So when we went into hospital, so I had surgery in um. July 3rd and so when I went into hospital um they so we had another consultation with this visiting doctor from um was it Ohio Illinois I don't know but um so he he comes every year around the mm-hmm. summer um months to give free consultation to young Vietnamese children to have surgery and yeah. he said that um like obviously it's completely your choice it will obviously affect your um, your way of life if you really want to then you should do the surgery and I was like yes of course I want to and so um, in that consultation my mom and I had to sign a document whereby if I were to die in surgery my my parents can't sue the hospital are you joking oh my I'm god how it's, it's it's a serious surgery because um, the way they, they do it okay it's not um, staples, okay? Like, maybe you don't know this, but so um, in the consultation, because I kind of like zoned out because I was so scared, I heard four screws. And I thought I was still getting four screws until I woke up from surgery and I was like, why is it so incredibly painful? I want to die. They meant four sets of screws. 
Oh, no. So 32 in total. 16 on each side, four sets. Uh, I know, I was just like, oh my god, it's so painful. Like, it was so painful. Like, I can't explain. That obviously you need to experience that for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And I just don't remember. My mom and I look at each other. Like, when we had to sign the document, we are just like, oh, fuck. We're going to do this. Like, this is actually happening. Um, but, like, me and my mom were quite, like, brave. Like, I feel like um, if, if there's something I need to do that's, like, quite, ch- like, you know, like, it's, it's a bit daring. Like, I would do it because I, I don't know. I'm not saying that I have the guts, but, like, well, I guess I do. But I, like, you know, if it's something I really need to do, I'll do it. Um, yeah. And my mom is daring. Wow. And, but my dad, he's so scared of all of this. He literally sent my x-ray to England because he also has scoliosis, but he says that he got it because he broke his pelvis. But we think it's genetic because my cousin has it. Um, so he like sent it to his um, spine specialist and he's like, oh no, you shouldn't have surgery. Like, you know, it's purely cosmetic, but it wasn't, it literally wasn't like, it was like affecting my health. Um, my dad was so scared. He was like, can't you do like um, exercises or something? Like, don't do the surgery. But like, my mom had already made my mind, <laughs> and there was no getting to us with that. So, yeah. So that was fun. But so the type of surgery I had was quite special because my surgeon actually studied this specific surgery in in Germany for ten years. It's a robotic surgery. So um, the robot doesn't do surgery. It basically takes a scan of my entire spine. And it locates exactly where you need to screw and at like what angle. It's very precise. And um, so the surgeon is the one that screws and every, it, it screws, um, puts all the rods in and everything. But, you know, they have an indication. So that would mean that the surgery would be much more um, efficient, faster, um, less likely to get paralyzed. Um, and so basically I was out of surgery, I think, in three hours. Whereas other people might take like 10 hours because the oh, wow. so heal the vertebrae and guess where to screw. You know, that's, that's, that's how normal spine surgery is. So mm-hmm. for me, um, so they would, you know, um, note exactly. And so they would screw, screw, and then they would measure a rod, like two mm-hmm. metal rods. Um, I think titanium, I think everything is titanium. Um, and they would um, curve it exactly how my spine is curved. So they would um, bend it exactly. So they would bend the rod exactly how my spine is. Yeah. And they would touch it. So everything would be like, obviously very like curvy. And then, okay, you, you never had braces, did you? No. Okay. You, okay, you, you don't know that pain then, but like people that do, they'll know that it was so painful and it was over... I don't know, like at least a year and a half, like of, you know, your, your jaw slowly realigning. It's so painful. Like, like braces is horrible. Like, I'm so glad you didn't have to go through that. But everyone that did, like, you, you know the pain. So what it was, so what they do, they, they like take the clamp. I know you're oh, quite, no. I'm so sorry, but I, I'm explaining. Um, they, they take the clamp and they literally break in it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's oh what God. it was. If you think braces was painful, imagine doing that in one go. Oh. Rather than three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So if, if I were to have the other surgery, it would have been cheaper, but I would have a much higher chance of getting paralyzed. So I think it was, um, the best uh, decision for it. Like mine was one to three millimeter leeway of it being off. Whereas other people was like, uh, three to six or something. It was much higher. Yeah, that's If it was maybe like, you know, sometimes like, you know, the surgeons can't, can't always be like extremely precise because they have to do mm-hmm. it by hand. You yeah. know, like what and stuff like that. that. That's why I have to sign a document just in case because mm-hmm. it like their fault is just the circumstance. Yeah. But for example, maybe if they screw at like a just one millimeter off at that angle and it touches your spinal cord, paralyzed or yeah. dead. You know, like so. That's why we went for the ro- the robot surgery, so which is better, and then it, it would mean that I would um, heal much faster because I would have lost much less blood. Yeah. So um, in my cohort, it was maybe like um, uh, fifteen people, and only one other girl. She was fourteen, like, but her back was different to mine. It was the C curve. Right. So it's like you're like onto one side, and it's much mm-hmm. more noticeable. Well, that, that's what a hunchback is basically mm-hmm. that's if they have analysis and it's a C curve so it's only one curve but mine it was an S curve so it evens itself out so that's mm-hmm. why it's hard to notice and it's much harder to fix so you have to use more screws um, and so that and then so I actually um, healed the fastest I didn't get any infections everyone else um, that you know, they, they had like minor surgeries, like um, slip disc surgery or like, I don't know, osteoporosis, something like that. Um, they, they all had fevers. They all had infections. Um, and then it, it could just be due to maybe they're not, um, their immune system isn't great. Um, or it was because their surgery was long or their age or loss of blood, something like that. But for me, like I healed extremely fast for someone that had like, an insane surgery like that um so i was out obviously in 10 days which is quite long I, like because when when you're in that situation it's, it's yeah. so long you have nothing to do like i couldn't mm-hmm. up. so um so for people that don't know what it's like uh i had to they had to come maybe on the third day to uh, measure me for a custom-made leather corset so inside was like foam lining so it wasn't like hard or anything um, and then you have three Velcro straps that you tighten. The tighter mm-hmm. the better because it keeps you straight and um, it acts as like armor. So if you fall, um, you know, nothing is going to uh, ruin, you know, your progress. So I had to wear that for six months afterwards. And I had to wear that to even sit up because my spine, even though, you know, it's incredibly strong, it needed to heal and it needed to be. Did you wear it to sleep? No, I didn't have to. Um, you, you have to like wear it basically any other time. So like shower, sleep, you don't, you don't wear it. Um, but so I would wear it to, to school. So I remember, oh my God, it's awful. This is so hot. Uh, and I, I don't understand why mobile uniforms were so hot. Like I, like, I, like, I know that they were trying to copy mobile UK with the long skirts, except they weren't yeah. They were yes, sir. Um, and the shirts, you have to tuck them in. And so, um, um, Mr. McVeigh had to send an email around. Um, he was the head of senior school um, to explain what happened and that don't don't tell me to tell my children or then I'll just look at you like I got surgery like don't fucking tell me what to do. 
but I remember being so angsty and um, uh, not rude, but I would, like if anyone would talk about if they were in pain, I just looked at them like, don't even dare talk about that. You don't know what pain is. And I like, I know that I was wrong with that, but I think it, at, at the time that that wound was so raw that I just took it so personally if anyone were to say that, even if they like didn't know or they didn't realize they forgot. I would just like I would just get so angry, um, but I think people understood. And I remember, like, if I were to talk about this three years ago, I would cry just thinking about talking about it. But now, because you know, I've healed and I've talked about it enough that I don't cry every time I talk about it. But I remember Mrs. Tennant, which was our housemistress. Um, this was in year thirteen. She asked if I would do like a mini presentation on it and like talk about my experience because she would always get you know people to talk about something maybe if they they um they did something or like a hobby of theirs that they were quite successful in she would ask them to talk about it she was like oh would you mind you know sharing your story this is quite inspiring it might you know shed light onto you know other people's problems okay so i did it and literally like i started crying because i because it's just so emotional for me like still Mm -hmm. just like a few words um yeah yeah so like literally like maybe like 80% of the entire colony was crying. They're all like, yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, stop crying. I'm going to cry more. Um, but it was so cute. And like, I, I got lots of praise from it. But I'm glad I shared it because um, I think people can, you know, like, I think my main message was like, um, you know, make sure that you're, uh, you're grateful and you're thankful for everything you have in life because nothing comes easy. Um, and the, I was talking about like really simple things like if if there was like my phone was on the middle of the bed I couldn't reach over to get it I could I couldn't bend like that so like it was just there like I was just stuck and every time now I'm much better because I exercise regularly um, you know I stretch so uh, my muscles are quite strong now I've, I've I'm, I'm fittest now than I've ever been in my entire life before surgery which is really yeah. good like after coming um and then especially um, but, like, um, during quarantine, you've been like super fit. Like you've been following um, you... cl- clothing. Yeah, I've right? been clothing to each. That, that was hard. Okay, like um, <laughs> every time you manage to you know gain more muscle, gain more endurance, gain more stamina, there would be more exercises. It would be longer, so it's always always hard. But because I did that, now crossbody mountain climbers is easy. Normally, yeah, for me. Now I'm doing the clothing um, 26-day hourglass. Except I, I, I don't do it every day. Um, I, like, um, stagger it because I feel like if I do it every day, like, it just gets too painful. Um, and yeah. I actually see, like, even though I didn't work out in a few days, I can still see, like, the 11 showing and stuff like that, which is really good. But um, because I did that, my body is used to that, that endurance. So now when I do, do crossbody mountain climbers, I'm just like, oh, this is so, this is so light. Um, yeah. But other stuff, like, you know how you like lie on your back and you do like a bunch of things with your legs, like uh, you, you crisscross them in the air, go, you, you go up and down. Mm-hmm. I, before I couldn't do that. It was like too hard. Like I would, like my core would be like, if I were to be lying on the floor and I'd be doing that, I would get like pushed upright because I couldn't, I couldn't balance myself. 
Yeah. You know, like even before my um, surgeon was like, oh, you shouldn't really do any running or any cardio or any ab stuff because it's not good for your back. Um, mm-hmm. You should only be so. But, and then I, I went to a physiotherapist and he, he's actually like the representative for like um, spines in Southeast Asia. And he was like, oh, if you do this exercise, it, it, it strengthens these certain muscles and you need um, these certain muscles to, yeah. you know. And so like, like everything he taught me is, is, help, help, is so helpful to me now. So I like change my diet. So I eat um, just as much veg as I do um, meat because meat is acid. Milk is acid. So he said like he doesn't know why um, doctors tell like, kids or adults to drink milk because it's got calcium in it. It's acid. It's not alkaline. Um, meat, red meat is acid. Any meat is acid. I think fish is yeah. quite neutral. Um, rice, uh, carbs is acid. So he's like literally in, a, in Western culture and Asian culture, like he has so many cases where, um, so like acid, it actually eats away at the bone. So if you don't eat like the right food and the right quantity, you can get like osteoporosis or like what they call spongy oh, really? bone. So the bones are going to be like kind of hollow. Yeah. Um, so he was like literally like, um, like pho or like any Asian dish where it's like meat and like noodles or rice. It's carbs mm-hmm. and carbs, steak and chips, carbs and carbs, you know? And then you would yeah. think like, oh, you know, like all rounder or whatever. So he like, he like, um, taught me that and he said that oh because the spine is the largest um lymph system in the body where it filters the mm-hmm. blood um because your spine it it, it, it cannot rotate anymore because it's got screws in it your next largest lymph system are your legs and then your arm but your legs is the lot the second largest so you have to make sure that your legs are always working they're really strong so that it can do double the work so it can filter all your blood so like you know just stuff like that which is really interesting and yeah. um yeah so like i learned a lot of that along the way which is really good you know i like i know a lot about my body now i know what to do what not to do what to do when i'm aching stuff like that so like hot bath is good um stretching stuff like that so like i'm actually so i feel like if i didn't have the surgery i wouldn't have become the person i am today obviously but yeah. you know mentally um maturity wise as well so you've definitely like grown and you've like had your experience but obviously like with that like obviously like you've changed certain aspects of your life and that's made you more confident as well as like a lot stronger like I I've known you since I was like about 14 15 so like six years and like you're definitely a lot more like confident with yourself and like how you look like I remember like how like sometimes it would be so like hard because like you wouldn't I guess like it was just really hard for you to like fully like embrace who you were and I'm really proud of you because now you're yeah I'm really proud like obviously I had to like go through so much to mm-hmm. normal like obviously I'm not normal because I have metal in my back like not many people have that but yeah I glad that um like even though it was so painful and it was so hard um that you know I'm who I am today because I'm so strong now and I can do anything mm-hmm. because I went through that and I can do that exactly yeah very grateful so 
So another thing that we wanted to do during this episode is kind of clear up rumors that were made about us during school. I'm actually really excited about this because like, you know, like, I think like, especially in boarding schools, they t- it's like common. I don't know, do you get what I mean? Like people like to prod and like create these stories even though they're not true. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean like, you know, it's a closed community. And if it's a boarding school with, you know, in the middle of a palm oil plantation and there's no high street, you know, you have to- There's no high street, everyone. I will literally post a picture of how, like not post a picture of our boarding school, but like just like the like a 360 view of what we saw like when we would drive in from the airport we'd be like oh there we go <laughs> back in. yeah honestly like oh like i i didn't dread going back to school but like the fact that we don't have so much freedom it's just like oh my god no oh no yeah, yeah. What, like, are a couple of things that people have said about you during your time at Marlborough where you were like, seriously? Okay. I feel like I, like, don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. I, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... I think ever I'm, since, like, you started dating Idris, I think you've been, like, more, like, not, like, <sighs> like, you don't care. But I feel like you just are more focused in, like, your relationship with him and, like, your relationship with your, like, friends rather than like fixating on people who like don't like matter to you, if you get what I mean. Yeah, before like, I think when you look around that age as well, you think whatever you do, everyone's gonna judge and comment. Whereas no one, no one probably even cares, you know? Yeah. Only a certain amount of people that like are quite fixated on like everything will care and will be like commenting, make, making up rumors because you know, they have nothing else to do. Yeah, there's that like ideology where like people obviously like care about other people during school, but like I think the only people who like actually matter to you and you should like take their opinion on are people who you value and people who like respect you and who you equally respect. I think in school it was like really hard because like obviously like we were all like going through puberty, but we were also growing up, and with that comes a lot of social pressure. So I mean. There were like loads of rumors that came up about Chloe during school, loads of rumors that came up about me during school. I kind of don't remember because that was kind of a while ago. It was just like people that we like used to like and then it had like like other like really like horrible rumors that I'm not gonna mention on the podcast in case of like anyone who's listening that like family but like there were like certain like really horrible things said about me really like Quite yeah, vivid well, things said about Chloe. Much. What? Why we so much? I like I don't know why. Like you in particular, like had like so many rumors. Like I'm like, what, 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 what is happening? You know? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think the rumors just were created by like I guess like girls who wanted to stir up even further. But like obviously like people didn't actually know the situation like just to say just to clear up none of those rumors were actually true and like what happened actually was like 
not even like close to any of the rumors which is crazy because like it had like such a bad mental effect on like my time yeah. there which is like another reason why i left Marlborough. Sure. but like, like yeah like why do people have to stoop that low you know like obviously like it's a thing with um senior school stuff like that but like honestly again i look back and i'd be like you know like I really could have hurt someone's feelings really bad, you know. I really could have like hurt, affected someone's mental health, and I was yeah. just too stupid. I like, think like everyone at that age, we were all very like not like super like not like ignorant, but we were just very we weren't experienced. We didn't really understand what was happening, so we <laughs> I guess it, a lot more things came into like play obviously like when we were growing up we didn't really have like we grew up with the like means of social media we grew up like as instagram twitter snapchat was becoming so popular so obviously like there was cyberbullying that was introducing to our generation but also we were all like dealing with like finding ourselves as well and i think with the added pressure of being in a boarding school, especially if you were living away from home, because yeah, you were international. Completely different country. I obviously didn't want to overstep any cultural boundaries. Like obviously, like it made me very um, distant from everyone else because I I, I felt like I couldn't um, connect with a lot of people because like obviously yeah. I'm from a different and I'm also like mixed so I already have issues with my own identity like how yeah. like it's it's gonna help me to like identify with like another another culture and yeah and at the same time I don't offend anyone so like like I remember um I remember like sitting with the girls the um the Malay girls and uh, they were talking about something and I really wanted to join in on the conversation so when they said something I was like, oh, oh, what? Like, what about it? Whatever. And they're like, oh, we're talking in Malay. And I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, like, I just yeah. felt like, obviously, no, yeah. like, they have the right to talk with, like, to each other in Malay. Like, obviously, you know, like, it's Malaysia. I just felt like, I was like, oh, I'll like, go sit somewhere else because, you know, I, like, I don't want to overstep or anything. But, like, like just I from that, so, me, yeah. one, like, me, like, I was just like, oh, shit. Like, like maybe not. Mean. Somewhere. I get what you mean like even if because like I am Malaysian but like obviously like I'm not as fluent so, like obviously like I felt that added like stress like yeah I can't understand what they're saying and like even if I wanted to join in I really can't and like even like because like I know like for our school in particular like there were so many cliques I guess like very like drawn out groups to the point where like if you tried to join in it would look weird and it would be very hard and I hate that about school like me and Franco were talking about it and then we were like we didn't have the best experience in school but like when we went to uni it just felt like a different place and like we were a lot more accepted and more embraced and I think that's what people have to look forward to when it comes to uni is because it's a completely different environment like when I started dating ages, right, like, obviously, like, I'm not going to say, because so many people are going to hear this podcast, and I know it's sensitive, <laughs> and cool, but, like, you want to, like, experiment, you know, I'm not saying what, I, I'm sure you guys know, but, um, 
but like we couldn't because uh we didn't live nearby we can't just go somewhere you know like we just had to sneak around all the time and no one knew which is kind of what we wanted but like i'm just surprised that literally no one knew because you know like it would happen like every day like i would sign out art room music room that's all code for like going off doing something you shouldn't be doing and she knowing you like we would like um we would stagger it so like maybe i would go first and he would like come in a different door like up to five minutes later so it was like less suspicious i literally don't think anyone realized because in school we did not pda we did not hold hands we didn't show like anything so no one like even knew that like we even had that kind of relationship which I think yeah. is so funny because people li- listening to this, they'll be like, oh my God, I never would have thought. But that, that's just because I, I, like, I couldn't talk about it much because I didn't want it to get to the ears of certain people that would um, use it against me, like for teachers, for example, and, and, and expel me. Uh, so I just couldn't talk about it. Which I hated because I, I think it's really hard because like there's some people in school that would twist what you would say and they would like create more drama and raw rumors. And I hate that about any type of school. You can't you don't feel safe. And like I think the worst part about me as a person is that I trust anyone that breathes. And it's so hard because like I feel like I literally like open up to so many people so quickly. It's just because you're so friendly and you like obviously you just like want to like get to know other people and then you know like you maybe you don't know at a certain age like who is who is going to twist your words and who is going to be nice to you and not backstab you you know like you don't know because yeah. like literally it doesn't matter how nice someone looks they could be extremely like they could be a really nice person and you wouldn't know until yeah, like something and you're like wait who what yeah you get surprised because i know like throughout school like i know like every single time we catch up we're like oh where's this person now oh where's this person and we get surprised at where like who they've become and like what we've seen over social media but like obviously like we don't like know their lives behind the camera obviously but like we knew them from like back then so it's hard do you get what i mean like we come up we have this perception of them from when we were like 16 and then like 17, 18. And then when we start, then we, if we see them next and then like we see who they've become, it's like, wow, like we've all grown up. And I think that we should all be more accepting in school. And I really hope like people who are in school and people who are in high school and people who are in like secondary school, or any type of fucking like primary whatever like be nice to everyone like everyone wants to be happy so just don't make it such an uncomfortable environment for people to the point where like bullying is introduced cyberbullying is introduced like come on like let's be a little bit more like united and balanced um like i do remember going into uni um so i didn't go into first year immediately i did the foundation of foundation year which i thought was an extremely like it was a waste of time because um, the level that I was at with my art, because I um, went to art uni, go to art uni, um, but I was at like a level where I was, you know, it was still like really intense with all my feelings about my surgery, post-surgery. So I did like a whole bunch of like cool surgery sculptures um, for like um, 
my exhibition for IB. So I was still, you know, on a roll with that, loads of different ideas. And so, you know, when I went to uni, like it was like, it was like very foundationary, not to speak, it was like uh, loads of um, stuff that was really easy, you know, mm-hmm. and it was challenging. So I just like didn't go to uni and I just like, but I guess it did give me a year to settle in, which is good. Um, so like, you know, me meeting new people and like, um, you know, I can talk about anything and no one is going to look at me like, what, what, why, like, why, no, um, which I thought was amazing because I met like so many like-minded people, which all kind of went through the same thing as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, love it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think people who do a foundation course are really lucky because we get that chance that whole year to really settle in before we actually like go full, like full boss into like our degree. It's like a social experiment to the year, which was like really good because we, we definitely found ourselves because like after like being in like a school of like, like rules and like while you felt like freedom about being in a boarding school and being away from your parents, it's very different when you go to uni because there's more responsibility. It's managing money, it's cooking for yourself, taking care of yourself, like teachers not always on your back, like it's very different. So like I definitely feel for those people who are who graduate this year, who are going to uni, like I know like I know because like my sister is going through it right now like it's very difficult like it's the fear of the unknown and like what's going to happen in your future and like whether you'll be able to have that experience as other people have but like just remember that like your experience is what you make of it I guess that's what I would say to like people who are listening who are going to uni this year going on a gap year just find yourself this year and try and find something that you you could fully invest in. I'm packing at the same time because my flight is tomorrow, but I'm very hope Chloe actually flies. Like I really, like I really hope you get to go home because like she's been away from her family for like 10 weeks now. Like that's crazy because she normally goes home for like Easter and you know, it's not really nice to be away from your family right now. Um, this suitcase is going to look so nice. I'm going to send you a picture of Oculus. I'm like, wow, that's so nice. Like, maybe you complimented my suitcase packing before, but rolling is the way to Yeah. Go. No, I, I remember I would say that in school all the time. But people have asked me to like, professionally pack their suitcases for them. And I'm like, okay. I'm doing. You could make it, you could make that like during like quarantine and during like this like time just be like i'll pack your suitcase for you <laughs> i think like what we can finish off on is i guess talking about what we've learned throughout these like last few years and like i guess staying connected with friends and like what because like the thing with me and Chloe, like, I remember, like, there was that, that time where we didn't speak, but, like, when we started speaking again, it felt like everything was back to normal and everything was fine. We always have friends where maybe sometimes you don't talk all, like, very regularly, 
but um, when you do talk, it's like nothing ever happened, which is when you yeah. know that and you know you're never gonna be distant from them like if, mm -hmm. if you need to talk to them because you know that they'll understand so i'm yeah. so glad because there's you know like people come and go in your life and you can't expect everyone to be the same way that they were when mm -hmm. you know them so i have like a bunch of friends obviously like it's no one's fault which is a good part but you just gotta accept and you can't be hurt because you know they've moved on or whatever like yeah you just because so, um. Chloe was like one of my like first like best proper friends in like Marlborough in year like year 10 so like this is like six years from now and like we're still like quite close and like we still talk like daily which is crazy and I think it's like nicer because like me oh, we go on double dates <laughs> in London which is nice because like our boyfriends get on so is that a bonus? We don't know each other very well. Like they, they, they can just talk about, I don't know, math, football, anime. I don't know what they talk about, but you know. Yeah. Typical boy stuff, you know, like but like and then me and Chloe are like straight into gossip, straight into everything, you know? Like, oh obviously like we we're, we're not like shallow or anything because we talk about other but um it's yeah. just you know like oh so how is this person you know like what are they doing like you know people that we know that maybe it's like we're just like catching up on the, with each other on like other people's like lives and like what they've ended up yeah. i think that's quite nice because like i feel like i feel like especially when you leave school that you feel like this massive disconnect when it comes to people that you used to know and I think like right now those like 18 year olds are like oh my god I'm gonna be super like close to these people when I go to uni but like I've said in like previous episodes it takes two to make a friendship like work so there needs to be I guess effort from both sides in order to like withstand a friendship and just don't have that bond because yeah you know when you put something down like you literally just put it down and then you turn around no yeah i always do that i actually always do that no yeah because um see what i'm saying with they're having a leaving party for me so cute um and so i was like hmm shall i wear this like denim skirt that looks like short which are really cool or shall i wear my brandy um, skirt with you know, the ruched or whatever you pleated denim skirt and like a nice like top oh yeah i'll wear it with this and then yeah i'll go Chloe style with my banana yeah yeah it's gonna be um so hot what do you think it'll be like to go back? Oh, it's here. Yeah. Um, I know it's really hot, but it's been thunderstorms, rainy. Um, so that has cooled down the weather immensely. So thank mm. God for that. Or then it's going to be so hot. I won't be able to handle it. Did you hear about what happened with that, um, with Miss Universe from Asia? 
Did you hear about that? I'll talk to, I'll text you about I'll text you about everything that happened. Universe Malaysia. Yeah, 2017. Oh my god, she's she's actually she's she's like dug herself a grave here, like seriously. But yeah. Thank you, Chloe, for being a part of the episode. Love you, love. To listen to the one you just released. Yeah. Wait, did I? No. You need to, when you when this episode is released, just I guess I definitely like because like I think what's really hard is that like some people find it really hard to move on from big things, and like you've definitely conquered like a massive part of like your life and like it contributed to the person that you are now and I think people who like listen to it will be like wow if she can do it I can definitely do it because like that's the whole like reason why I really wanted to do this podcast was to like give people like a sense of hope because like with corona and everything it's hard everyone's I'm gonna be so hard like when I was um like right after surgery and stuff like I remember it was so incredibly painful and I couldn't do anything. I had like a um, a morphine machine pump that would like constantly pump me full of morphine and it would still be excruciatingly painful. And um, I'm not like weak or anything. It was just so incredibly painful. Like I remember my sister and my um, great aunt, they came in one day. They made me laugh so hard. It was just so nice of them to make me laugh because, it, you know, fun, laughter. But I literally, it was so painful. I was in so much pain the next day. It's like just moving my muscles, like you know, them like shaking, made my back hurt so much. So like just I remember tiny you things. Said, you said that like you, you didn't even want to, when you went back home, you didn't even want to eat anything or drink anything because you don't want to go to the toilet. Yeah. Um, because my mom being Asian and uh, worried about everything, she would only let me sleep on my mattress. Um, like, I have a single mattress at home. And it's hard, like, because we all sleep on four mattresses because it's best for your bag. But she didn't think it was hard enough. So um, we have a coffee table that's kind of long. So she's like, Chloe, during the day, you're going to lie on a coffee table. I'm like, oh, my God, because it's hard. You know, it's really firm. It's going to be the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And so I got, like, um, post-pardon, like, post um post-surgery depression is a real thing like I had it for so long I probably had it for like a year that would be like it would be like on and off like sometimes yeah. really happy and at other times like if something would trigger it like I would be like really sad and like just so depressed and I remember it got really bad again um not recently but like last year when my friend died she overdosed on drugs and everyone that was around her were high on drugs so they didn't know she was dying um and so she died and she was only 17 which is so drug is drug like drugs are a huge issue in vietnam because like there's nothing recreational to do so everyone just does drugs so like i don't know why but i like tort like i um i like made myself suffer for that i like blamed myself and obviously it had nothing to do with me i think i don't know why but um like that's why I hate being stressed out because it's so negative. So that's why I always strive to be positive because that's the healthiest for you. Like you don't want yeah. to be like, 
like I actually kind of hate myself a bit for me, for letting me like get so sad and like for the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally didn't leave my room for a month. I was just like sitting in the dark all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like you and like Idris had to come and take care of me because he like couldn't bear the thought of me just like sitting in the dark room myself. Like I didn't yeah. go to Uber. Um, but like, like obviously, like these things happen, and like you know, you just gotta power through because mm-hmm. you know, like the only thing you can do for yourself is to be positive and to be nice to yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you're just gonna be sad all the time. Okay. And then, what kind of life is that? If, if yeah, you live sure. Yeah. Living. I definitely had that when I left so I did one year of sixth form and then after that I did a gap year and then I did an internship and then I went to foundation the reason for that was that my parents were like you are unhappy like you need to focus on yourself you need to find that positivity to like push yourself for your next chapter of your life yeah and fifth oh my god that was such a tough year for me I think like that was the most that was the year I started working out like towards the end of the year but I literally didn't go out my room unless I or my my delivery was here like I delivered I, I got like McDonald's for breakfast McDonald's for lunch Nando's for dinner and that was every day and I got really really overweight and like looking back on it now, like I really regret like the way I handled situations. But at that time, like I'm happy that I went through it because I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Like I love the gym now, so I know <laughs> excited to work out. I like the feeling of sweat. Yeah, exactly. I love it, and like I think unless you have that like light, like unless you have that experience, you will never be able to find yourself and be confident and like. I guess be content with where you are because I think mm. we're definitely like with being in a relationship as well like you need to be content in yourself to like be able to manage it and to be able to like stay with that person because you don't want to be able to like put everything on that person you know yeah, yeah. I obviously like in hospital um I had like um because I had like quite an intense surgery I needed not one but two um become IV drips so I had one stitched into my neck I still have the scar from that here um uh just fluids like antibiotics glucose they like pop pop me with it all day so I was constantly peeing it was lovely but literally it was stitched in and I thought if I pulled it out like blood you know would go everywhere and I would die and you know that would be the end to my suffering I literally almost did it but I like reminded myself that you know like if I do this, I'm only causing other people more suffering. I'm not ending pain at all. I'm passing it on to another person. So I like, I like, I legit can't. Like, obviously, it was a very hard time for me because not only was I in so much pain and like, you know, like when when you're like constantly mm-hmm. in pain, you, know, you like, you get desperate and you want to end it. And like at the same time, my grandpa who would, who had been like sick for like ten years, um, I'm glad I saw him before my surgery, but he like he went downhill so bad like one day he was drinking milk and he choked and he had to be sent to the hospital and um like they they ran through tests they had to try and like filter his kidneys because you know like 
they weren't properly functioning and uh, they had to put him to sleep to, to do that. And he never woke up from that. And um, my whole family, they like gathered, you know, to say goodbye to him. And it was so sad because I wanted to see him like one last time, but I couldn't because I didn't have the physical ability. So like being like having a barrier where you physically cannot isn't like basically impossible. Like that's yeah. so hard. Like usually you would try and find a different way. We're like, mm -hmm. oh, what if we ask the doctors if I can like leave for, you know, a few hours and like mm -hmm. they, they wheel me in, in a wheelchair, whatever, you know, like I can't walk, so the wheelchair. Yeah. Like I literally, I, I, I couldn't. And I was just so sad because, you know, like everyone gathered and it was like, you know, grandpa, you know, so it was really difficult as mm -hmm. well. It all happened like at the same time, like grandpa was in the hospital, the, uh, me, I was in hospital, everyone was like, oh my God, so stressed. But, you know, so like you just got to, you know, find the light at the end of the tunnel. I know like sometimes, most of the time it's really hard. You cannot see it, but you have to, you know, make your own light. If yeah, you don't, exactly. you know, like yeah. you have to make your own. Um, you have to make options for yourself. You can't just always rely on the environment to give you mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna leave you to start packing, and just like get ready for your flight. And yeah, thank you so much. And the editing. You soon, yeah. Can't wait for editing. I've got so many to edit. Like I've got like, oh, honey. I think this is the 18th episode, but I've only edited like five because like oh. I wanted to post five first in order to like I guess like keep the ball Yeah, just to see how everything was doing. I guess, but yeah. Thanks, Chloe. Love you loads. Miss you, and I'll definitely talk to you soon. Yes. Bye.